Welcome to Growing in Grace with Pastor Victor Morrison. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas. We are praying that God will bless you as you listen to this message. If you would like additional information on worship times and ministries at FBC Columbus, you can find out more at our website, fbccolumbustx.org. And now, take your copy of God's Timeless Word as Pastor Victor gives today's message. Welcome back to Growing Grace. I'm so glad you're listening again tonight. You know, the Lord's got some really special things for us uh, in this broadcast. Psalm 67 says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Have you ever considered why does God bless us? Is there a purpose that goes beyond just us? I believe passages like this tell us there is a, uh, a purpose that goes beyond just ourselves. This passage says that God will bless us so that we can then be a blessing to other people. There's no one that I know personally that has that vision, that uh, passion within their hearts than my guests that are here with me this evening, Emily Lewis and Philip Smith of Restore Hope Niger. Now, for those of you in the Columbus, Texas area, these are local people, and so you may even know them. So it is my joy to uh, welcome uh, Emily and Philip and uh, to hear more today about Restore Hope Niger. Welcome. So glad Thank you two you. are with me. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Victor. Thank you for being here. Thank you for letting us be here this evening. Well, it's a real joy to have you here. And I just wanted to kind of ask you just a few questions, just so that the people of our community could hear what I've heard you say before, but others may not have had that opportunity. So let's just start at the beginning. When did this all start for you? How did you even find out about the needs of the West African nation of Niger? Well, actually it's God's project and it's a pure faith walk because you never know when you become friends with someone where that will lead. And when um, Daniel was in the States studying, getting his master's degree, our um, past cross became good friends. And he um, graduated and then decided to go home to visit. He's come, had plenty of opportunities in the United States and was going to come. But then he realized God called him home and that he needed to be there for his people and everything about him is either about God or his people. I have to help my people. And he was over there. And back in um, June that year of 2019, they had a church fire, and we prayed for them and stuff, even in Sunday school. And then it was really on my heart, and it's August the 4th, which I'll never forget that conversation. Um, I reached out to him because he's on my heart to see how things are going. And he called, and he was just distressed because here you're in a country that is one of the poorest countries in the world and surrounded by um, a lot of negativity and a lot of different things, Islamic and stuff going on. And he's trying to preach to rural communities 
and he's frustrated because he's trying to give them living water without having the physical water, you know, they're not listening. And I promised him then that I committed, I'll help you try. First, we start off, we're going to try to get a water well. And this is going to be easy because I see so many missionaries come through in their stories. I'm like, oh, this is going to be easy, right? <laughs> and that's how it started out. And before we know it, we um, ended up getting our state and then getting our 5013C. We ended up getting trademark and website. And all these steps were over about six months, nine month time frame. Mm-hmm. And we never set out to do that. That was like God opening doors. And sometimes you get frustrated because it's like, you feel like the door shut. It's like, no. Well, thank goodness now some of those doors did shut that we thought was shut because we wouldn't be where we're at now, an international, a nonprofit missionary. All this was discussed going to a football game uh, Friday night. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about how we uh, 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 should... uh, um, handle this, you know, should we go under the umbrella of an organization? And we tossed that back and forth, back and forth. And Emily and I decided that night that, no, we'll do this 100%. And whatever we get, we'll go towards uh, Niger 100% profit. No 2% taken out no. for this or 2% taken out for that. We wanted 100% to go to Niger. And and uh, we Emily and I both work. So we figure, you know, we got income. So why do we need income from our uh, nonprofit organization? And, so. and that's going to be going forward. That's like same thing going forward. Yes. As we grow. Well, I can definitely see why you would describe it as this is a God thing. This is something only it God can open up. Yeah. I mean, you never dreamed that this would be happening. Oh, no. <laughs> we just had this one man, Daniel, right? Yes. From, from Niger. And uh, he was there studying at seminary. And then from there, it just has developed. Open up over the years. Many doors. And then the first time, like after um, we found out, like, okay, we get our 5013C. And then it's like we're Googling, okay, we got to get trademark. Like, okay, are we going to – we did the actual 5013C. We studied. We did everything. Wasn't <laughs> no attorneys involved. We're like, okay, we're broke. How are we going to do this? Yes, did the actual paperwork, yes. the, the the legwork. And, and Emily, Emily Emily, is the one who gets credit for that. She, she's, she, she should have been a lawyer <laughs> because she did all the research on how to get this 501C3. And, and I was amazed. And uh, the thing about it is we got – our reply, and it said we needed to get uh, uh, do an amendment to uh, what we had already uh, presented to the IRS. And I was sitting there that evening, and I said, "You know, Em, I said if this is the only thing that they found out of all this paperwork that we had to do, surely we might have this thing." And so we said, well, we're going to get it sent in as quick as we can. We had a deadline, but we got it sent in sooner. Emily made sure we did that. And sure enough, about a few weeks later, we heard back that we were approved. Wow. And, and it was amazing. Well, I've been through that 501c3 process with our church. Our church applied for the one. And I remember there are a lot of questions and there are a lot of steps and a lot of paperwork. So anyway, I think that's that's awesome. But one thing that stood out to me is you're not just trying to uh, gather donations to uh, help Niger. Have you two actually been to Niger? And then if you have, tell us a little bit about what you did when you went there and what you saw. 
while you were there. Yes, we, wow. we've been there. Uh, and it, it was really an eye-opening experience, you know, mm-hmm. to visit a third world country. And for me, um, I've never been out of the country. Okay. I've been, you know, visit places in the States and the like, but as far as going out of the country, that was my first time. And like somebody said, I really did it big when I went out. I said, I, I sure did. I mean, we're not talking just going to Canada just or Canada. Mexico. I mean, you're, you're all the way <laughs> in Africa, you know? And I said, so, you know, it, it was good. Uh, uh, Victor, it, it, uh, it really was. The thing about it is, you go over there and you, you're looking at everything and you're trying to see how you can fix it. Mm-hmm. That, that was my, mm-hmm. you know, so much to, to digest mm-hmm. and, and to take in uh, to, to uh, see how you can help those people over there. And it's just, uh, it's amazing, you know, and to, and to see people that, that, that really need help other, you know, in the stage we have, we're blessed. Yes. Truly blessed in the mm-hmm. states. We have have all the resources we need, you know. But those folks over there in Africa are, are you know, need help and, and they need need hope in Africa. That's awesome. Well, I, I know that that listening to this uh, are many men, and as men, we want to fix every problem. And there's yes. some problems that are just <laughs> colossal and are very yeah, difficult, very difficult to, fix. to men, fix. Men are here to fix things. Men want to fix things, and you yeah. can't fix things. You have to have to go over there and do what you can, yes. the best you can, and, and knowing that you left it better than it was before you got there. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm wondering, Emily, like you're, you're uh, a mother, you have children, so you have a very tender heart. I've seen that in action before. So tell us, how would you describe the needs that are in the villages of Niger? Uh, did you actually hear any of the locals talk about their pain, their challenges, or their blessings? Maybe they have a lot of good things as well, but give us a feel of what you heard and what you saw there. What are the people going through? It's um, it's really harsh. Mm-hmm. The elements is harsh and malnutrition, and that's where we're um, helping to do this, I guess, do, um, farming and everything mm-hmm. and planting and help with the nourishment. And also we're trying to do a training mm-hmm. education and stuff to give them education because they're wanting to learn. Okay. And there's no schools in most of these rural areas. Okay. You can't even really, it's hard to get to by vehicle mm-hmm. to get there. And so, and that's just, it makes you want to cry. And the one good thing too, and is we started two um, goat solidarity chains in the area at the time. They haven't had any of those. And then to see the ladies smile on their face, because you don't think, oh, well, being part of a goat solidarity chain, getting them set up with that mm-hmm. makes a world of difference. But it does. And they were telling us how, you know, that's life and death, 360 difference just with the goats. And now we're seeing. And help me or help the listeners to understand, what do you mean when you say a goat solidarity chain? What does that mean? What what kind of things, what's happening there with that? What happens is like we'll take a group of uh, women. And this time we had um, one village was 18 a group and each group has five women in there and usually each women have about seven kids is on average there so i mean you're helping a lot in each one of those groups they get a male goat and then two female goats and then of course before you know it you have a whole little herd where each of them will end up having their own herd out of the group and then they also will give a goat 
to another lady. And then there's um, two women that go around to different villages and stuff and they check on them, you know, spiritually, mentally, physically, Mm -hmm. the ladies. Well, a lot of these people, they've never heard the Bible. They've never heard stories about it. And so they're also telling them stories and ministering to them. That's really, that is just awesome. I'm just thanking the Lord how he opened that door, going back to how it all started and how, how you know, what's happening now. It's just amazing. But those needs, like you were describing earlier, they must be staggering. You know, to, you said there was malnutrition, the lack of education. The kids didn't have a school to go to. And they don't have running water. They don't have electricity. Lack okay. of water. There's villages there are Bastos, you know, okay. for water wells. Okay. So that's kind of what I was wondering next was give us an idea of some of the actual projects or things that y'all do or you've seen done or maybe you're planning to do that actually make a practical difference in the lives of the people. Well, the few that we've um, complete out was a two solidary goat change. And also this time we started with um, basic medical, like portable nebulizers, because you never think about that. But we started off with some and they're all like, okay, we need some more because of the dust and some of them that have asthma and stuff. So we want to try to get with people in the medical field. Okay. How can we do that? And it takes everybody because they need everything really. And there's no infrastructure there at all in Dongaduchi where they're wanting to do the farm. And so that's what we're, um, there's three people. There's a living water group that's doing it, and also um, East West Ministries and some other. They're like donors and different people are taking part of it. Our part, we're going to do the education center, okay. is our part, and that's what we're raising funds this year. It's about twenty thousand. They said just to do an education building. Wow, that's not very much for an education, but twenty thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. Now, what kind of things will they be studying there? I'm assuming. Education. They're going to be training. They're going to be right. Well, see, they'll have a training center, and then they have like the women's education, and like for the women's, and that's what we're about, like really empowering the women and stuff, and helping them is the sewing, sew making. I mean, the sky's the limit, but they're also getting the gospel too. Okay. And then the men they'll have their regular um, education, and it must be so fulfilling for Daniel being, you know, from there to see these kinds of ministries and opportunities now for people that didn't have that before. So it must be exciting for him oh, yes. to see it's that. It's really exciting. And it's exciting to get there. And like yeah. last year, we got to see the garden, which was bare. And then yeah. go back this year, it's like, you know, when you can give them a little money and water, I mean, it goes, it's like, whoa. In a year's time. Philip, I saw you nodding. Yes, yes. What did you see in the garden? What Man, did what I see? I saw corn. I okay. saw onions um they had some goats there as well okay it, it was just you know in a structure for somebody to live in to take care of the garden it okay. it was really it was a, a whole different uh um look on it from last year and, and it just was amazing you know you see crops and everything being tested the tomatoes i forgot about tomatoes, yes, I tomatoes. The best. <laughs> they were good we ate some of the tomatoes and they were really good so you know and it's, it's a process of irrigation they have to have water to irrigate and they the the guys that daniel have has out there now uh uh, are are helping him to irrigate and keep it, keep the water running and everything like that. And they dug little trenches along the uh, roads to to transfer to transfer the water down the roads to keep it watered. So yes, it it was really 
really an eye-opening uh, experience this this time to see that garden flourish. And they do everything by hand. Oh, really? Yeah, so oh, when you see all that, it's by hand. They're still trying to get, like, tractors or yeah. different type of farm equipment and stuff, but it's all done by hand. So wow. you see acreage like that, it's like, oh. Okay, yeah. Well, you know, I'm not sure that here in South Texas we can wrap our minds around not even having water, not having the tractors and equipment to work the land. So it's just all by hand right. and that sort of thing. I'm wondering for those of us who are here, are there any ways that people living here in Columbus, Texas, or this area, how can they partner with you? How can they, you know, join with you and with um, Restore Hope Niger in making a difference? Uh, like I'm sure you're already seeing such a difference made, but, but let's say someone listening right now would say, that sounds like something I would like to use some of the blessings God's given me to help with them. Or to maybe, is it possible for them to go? Oh, yes. Um, one thing, prayer. We always need prayer. That's number one thing. That's one thing. Prayer helps. Yes, yes. Prayer changes things. And it depends on like how God puts it on your heart. Some people may be in a financial position where they can give financially. Some may be like their time, skills, because we're really praying and trying to get this like to the next level okay. and everything. And that just takes everybody's skill sets to make the body before we can go as now when we go we'll probably go um or planning a group in 2025 in 2025 yes. okay yes. that's the next time you're anticipating going right now we we could go before then but as far as like anticipating a group and stuff is 2025 and anybody's welcome now would they help in the agricultural uh, area or would they help in the education center training the ladies or both or well we found out like with this time when we went mm -hmm. it's like you can um try to plan exactly what you're going to do there but that may not happen. Never, never anticipate, just participate. We had a lot of different ideas and everything, but as we were um, leaving the capital area and going out in the field and stuff, um, the pastors are like, no, we're going to go visit some churches. Okay. And that was very interesting. Very, interesting. very good experience. Well, you know, Emily, I know that y'all have only been doing this, what, three, four years? Yeah. And how far God has brought this. And I'm hearing you say, when you step on the mission field, you have to take more than ability. You have to take flexibility. Yes. And be willing to say, okay, it's not my plans that I'm going to try to force on these people. Right. I'm going to do whatever I can to help. Exactly. Because uh, having been on the mission field, you can't imagine how that resonates and how how wise that approach is. So I really appreciate that. And I also think you're doing it the right way by partnering with a national that's uh, from there. Right, exactly. And so, and didn't you tell me one time that there's something special about Daniel's father? Uh, yes, oh. he's also <laughs> a chief of the villages. He's the chief of the villages. Yes. And we found that out after the first time because we went to go see the governor in the area, which we have all the officials' blessings okay. of all the national leaders from, I mean, from the government, local leaders, all the way up okay. the line and stuff. So, yeah. but he tells me, he goes, I was wondering why all these other people were coming. I was like, why? He's like, 
my dad's the chief. I'm like, what? (laughs) That's one. You know, going back to where we started, you said you felt it was just a God thing. And it's it's been such a blessing to hear how you just unfolded that and layer after layer, you know, by telling us about the specific projects that you're doing, the plans that you have, even the possibility of people going, you know, as a team uh, to help later. But, but let's say there's someone in this area who would say, man, how can I, how can I hear more or where can I meet Emily or Philip, you know, and, and talk with them about this? Uh, it just so happens that this is coming up really quick, that you're going to have two opportunities to share right here in Columbus, right? Why don't you tell us and invite those that might want to come and hear? Yes. Well, we'll be um, on Sunday night, April the 23rd at 6 p.m. in the Sanctuary at First Baptist Church, Columbus. We'll be telling more about this past trip. And then also on Monday evening, April the 24th at 6 p.m., we'll be at the Youth House located directly across the street from the First Baptist Church in Columbus. Um, And that one on Monday is different because it's everybody that wants to volunteer or wants to help or let's see how we can all brainstorm to take it to the next level. That's awesome. Now, you mentioned... um, you know, how people can help and so forth. But but didn't the last time you went, you took some sewing uh, materials or something? Wasn't that part of what you oh, took yes. over there? We took buttons, sewing, um, basic medical supplies, nebulizers, um, cricket machines. Cricket, yes, and, and, and uh, school supplies. School supplies, supplies socks, socks, some clothes, clothes, a little bit of everything. Clothes. I like how it seems like you're giving people a lot of entry points in how they can make a difference. I mean, they're going to actually be helping local people there in Niger that are going through a difficult time. Well, let's say that someone says, well, I can't make it to those two events, but I would really like to give and I would like to pray. I'd like to keep up with you more. Where could they go to learn more? Where could they go to give if uh, the Lord's moving in their heart, and let's say they're saying, hey, I want to make sure that this work continues. uh, Could you give them some direction? Um, Yes. Um, They can always go to um, our account as an industry state bank is our account. Um, You can go on our website, which is restorehopeniger.org. Contact Philip or I or... Anyone that knows yeah. us? Timmy and Brookshire Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, a plug for Brookshire Brothers. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but that's, uh, yeah. Well, I am just so glad that you guys took the time to be with us. You know, is there any way that the Growing in Grace listeners can be praying uh, specifically for Restore Hope Niger? Um, are there any certain things that kind of come to your mind right off to say, okay, if you want to pray for us, Pray for maybe this and this and this, you know, two or three things. Anything come to your mind? Um, that um, we get funding for churches. Okay. Uh, that's that's one thing that, that we need, uh, that we saw the, this past visit that we made. Uh, and uh, we uh, visited some churches out in the villages. Okay. And um, the churches they have over there can range from a hut Okay. With with, with the rain just pouring through, you know, when oh, it rains. Okay. So, you know, we, we would could use money for churches and, and things of that nature to help them build a church. Right. They told us that, you know, if they had uh, the, the, the building, 
they would could get the people mm-hmm. to come to the church mm-hmm. because you know they would have a, a, a dry place to have worship. Yeah, and and that's what uh, one thing that stands out for me. That's really good, Philip. That's and that's something we take for granted. Here we oh, go yeah. in our buildings and, nice and you know worship the Lord you know, and, and study. And, and they do have buildings, but the thing about it is, the buildings they have. We visited one church. Uh, the building was a pretty good sized building, but they had 500 people coming to that, that one particular church every yeah. Sunday. Every Sunday, and it started with 25. Wow. When they built it, it was 25. When they built it, and then all of a sudden, yeah. no time, it's 500. They had they had right. started with some benches in there, but then they ended up using cinder blocks for for uh, pews. Okay, so that's that's how much they expanded. That's but uh, you know, they have. Uh, like this one village, one church we visited in a village, with, it was, which was a hut, had 14 people. Mm-hmm. And one of my things had 40 people coming, mm-hmm. you know, but it was in a hut, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it's just something that. And that one young pastor, he's, and it's really interesting, and we'll talk about it on Sunday, is how the um, Islamic leaders in that little area is actually sending his kids now to him for church Sunday school and everything. And he's also teaching them how to read and write. So it's only a matter a moment before it's going to explode. The Lord just opening those doors and it sounds like it's uh, just such a great work. It's just one thing I'd like to say is, you know, we're supposed to take the gospel to all the nations. And when you go visit Africa, and you see the gospel being presented there, you feel like it has been taken through to the nations. It is just, it's an amazing experience to see people that, that grow, will grow in Christ in, in Africa. Amen. Thank you, Philip. Thank you, Emily. I appreciate you guys so much, uh, you know, just meeting with me and, and letting us put this, put this word out there. I think you're doing a great work. Keep up the good work. And uh, we're definitely going to close in prayer I want to remind those of you who are listening that uh, don't forget, if you can come this Sunday night, April 23rd at six o'clock in the sanctuary at First Baptist, we would love to have you. And you can uh, hear, hear, not only hear them like you're doing now, you'll also see their slides, right? Yes, yes, yes. We have slides. Yes. So see slides and maybe even a video clip or two. But I know that'll be great. And then Monday night, if Sunday night's not a possibility, don't forget on Monday night at the Youth House located directly across the street from First Baptist Church in Columbus, also at six o'clock. We'd be glad to have you. And we'll also be doing a presentation at the First United Methodist Church, okay. April the 30th April at 30th. 10 o'clock. April 30th at 10 o'clock. Methodist. We'll be we'll be the sermon for that morning. Awesome. That sounds good. Well, I know. Hey, what y'all are doing, it speaks loud and clear. It's a very good word. Well, would you allow me to just close us in prayer? And let's pray for uh, Restore Hope Niger. Lord, I just thank you so much for how it's wondrous how you work in very practical ways. Uh, Emily had no idea back then when she met Daniel that you were going to touch her heart, touch uh, uh, Philip Smith's heart, and uh, they were going to begin to put together a 501c3 um, charity organization that reaches out to the people of Niger. And look at what you've done in just four years. I'm so excited, Lord, 
Please continue to provide for them. Like Philip has said, we pray that you would bring in donations uh, for those uh, church buildings so that they don't have to be in just a hut, that the rain comes through and so forth. And bless those men that are sharing the gospel with 500 coming to the services. Somebody is really getting the word out there. And all of these practical things are letting um, the people of Niger know that um, they're loved. And so I thank you. It's really what I see with Restore Hope Niger. I see the love of God in motion. Thank you for that. So just continue to encourage them and provide for them and direct them. We love you. We thank you again for your great work and the opportunity to partner in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas.